So, you know, for that, I feel grateful to have a team and support to just get out there and keep doing it in a place, you know, to come back to you and, and other support to see like, huh, this happened. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Disrupting Our Practice. I'm Shannon Patterson. And I'm Greg Flynn. This podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants, facilitators, coaches, and trainers. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices, those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism, oppression, and harm. And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing so we live in a world that truly works for everyone. Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice. Hey, Greg. Hi, Shannon. (laughs) Nice to see you. Good to see you as well. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. I think so. It feels confusing to me just because we've been talking a lot about disrupting our practice because we, our workshop mm-hmm. is right after we record today and we have one next yeah. week and we're yeah. thinking about our program and there's a lot going on. So, but I think there, it may have been is. a while. Yeah. But also for some reason, July, I don't know if others had this experience or if you, but like to me, the month of July felt like an eternity for oh. some reason. It really mm-hmm. felt like the longest month I've experienced this year. So I don't know what that's about, but that was my, that was my experience. Yeah, I feel like time's a blur for me right now. It's just a case of summer <laughs> yeah. summeritis, and I don't know. I just kind of lost track of what day it is because I'm giving myself some space because I have the t- ability to do that right now <laughs> before yeah, the yeah, wave yeah. of work. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So why don't we check in real quick and then, um, yeah, get into it. So do you um, good. do I- you want to start just how you're showing up? Sure. Um, I am having the experience of each day feels like an eternity for some reason. So (laughs) I'm feeling up like uh, showing up feeling very full. Like I have a lot Mm. that I have been engaging with today, both as like Mm. a, with my head, I had a sweet team meeting with another thing that's starting and that felt really great. So I'm starting to settle. I think all of that little scattered, but I'm here. I have energy. I feel a little nervous about our workshops and always mm. a little nervous about recording. So some of that, but nothing, nothing too big. So feeling mm. pretty, pretty high capacity, like eight. Mm. So yeah. Beautiful. Feeling good to go. Happy to be here. How about you? How's your, how are you checking in? I'm also feeling very full. Um, I'm feeling like it's only the first of August and I feel like some wind at my back for some reason. It's very kind of an Mm. interesting experience. So I don't know what that says about what my experience of this month will be. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, (laughs) yeah, some really good like contract, you know, project work. It's been going well. You know, I'm really excited about all the stuff we've been working on for for the programs and the workshops and um, for disrupting our practice. And yeah, just, yeah, I'm just feeling really really good, pretty high, high capacity, I would say in the eight, nine range. Um, and looking forward to, to dive in. So that's me. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we were talking about an experience I had, you know, last week yeah. and 
that brought the brought race right up in front into the room explicitly. Yep. I mean, Saul was there, mm-hmm. but explicitly, and there was a lot to talk about there. So I think we were just going to pick up there, right? Yeah, there was so much in this kind of what was it like hour and a half, two hour meeting? You had three hour meeting, maybe three hour it's meeting, kind of short short thing um, mm-hmm. that could probably be unpacked over the course of multiple episodes, but you know, we'll, we'll get where we're going and try to try to rein ourselves in a little bit. So we don't end up recording for an hour and a half. Um, yes. So, yeah. So why don't you just kind of outline a little bit of kind of what happened, set a little bit of context, obviously speaking from a place of recognizing the um, confidential nature of the work. Um, yep. And, but so speaking obviously for the listener, just like a little bit in generalizations and, yeah. Um, but vaguely, but, um, yeah, set it up and we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Try and move through this as quickly as I can. So to set the stage, this was, um, my first workshop. It was three hours with a team. There were seven people. I had met them once before we had gotten together to scope out the work and that conversation went really well. And, you know, so I had had some like in the room time with people and I was excited about the day just because they were like fun and thoughtful, just everything that you kind of want in your client relationships and just eager to do the work. And so I was feeling really great about that and, um, you know, got into the room. It was nine o'clock in the morning, half the team was there. And so, you know, so people were just kind of doing their thing, getting ready, a couple people on computers and, um, bringing in the food, this team knows how to eat well. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody was very excited about that and sharing what, you know, sharing their experience of preparing. Uh, So, you know, we got all settled into the room and, and the team leader kicked us off with some really nice connecting conversation. uh, And, and that was really fun and um, set the stage a little bit, but we'd been in conversations for a while. So we just dove in, uh, covered what was going to happen in the day and within 15 minutes, I was getting the, the team into their first conversation. And I gave them a reflection question and broke them up into pairs. And because it was a group of seven, we had, you know, we had two pairs and one group of three. Yeah. And, you know, they start talking and the two pairs turn to me. And one person says, hey, can we just talk as a group of four? And I'm like, yeah, great. Go ahead. So now we have a group of four and a group of three and. Uh, they talk for 10 minutes and we come back together and we're kind of moving through their responses to the reflection questions and towards the end of kind of the content related stuff from the reflection question. Uh, one of the team members who's a Asian American Pacific Islander, like presenting person, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. says, you know, well, while we're, you know, while we're talking about trust, because someone had mentioned like, oh, it'd be so great. I hope we can deepen our trust together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a new team. And so let's do that. And he's like, but while we're talking about trust, I do want to say like, hey, look at the way we're talking. All the minorities were in one group and everyone else, he didn't say white, but that but that was what it was, was we had three, three white team members talking and the four uh, people of color to um, Asian American Pacific Islander presenting people and to African heritage presenting people. Um, mm. And, you know, right in that moment, I just was like, holy crap, 
Like mm-hmm. I did not even like a, now we have race named. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes things, at least in my mm-hmm. body, it changes things. It feels like it changes mm-hmm. things in the room. And then that, that moment inside myself of a vac- facilitator of like, yeah, holy crap. I didn't track that until mm-hmm. you said it right there. So I'll stop there and see if there's anything. I think I remember just one thing is I remember when you originally told me this story, like right after it happened. I mean, it was yeah. last week when we talked about this, that you, what you realized two, two things in relationship to this was one is, is that the reason, part of the reason it ended up that way was because the people of color were sitting on one side of the table all together. Right. And the white bodied folks were sitting on the other side of the table all together. Right. And that, so that was that dynamic that for whatever reason, you just hadn't noticed yet and tracked. Um, yeah. And then the second piece that you, that you named after, after we talked about it a little bit last week was that they had actually sat in the exact same spots for your first meeting with them, which happened in the same room. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't right. exactly in the same spots, but okay. You know, people just sat down. It was a very small U and people just sat down where they sat down. Um, And I had sat down at the front of the room because I was, that was near the slide deck. So yes, you're right. People had just randomly sat down and I had just, because it was the first exercise of the day, I was like, oh, just turn to the person next to you. Cause I knew I was going to be mixing it up all day, but I just did not track. Part of, part of the reason that I was asking is because. When yeah. you, when I had I had heard you say maybe I, maybe I misunderstood this, but I had heard you say like oh they sat in the same spots they had in the other meeting, which led me yeah. to question a a pattern that is playing mm-hmm. that that plays out that may be may or may not be tracked within the with on the team is yeah um and and like and what is the impact of that on this sort of a moment and then the question of like as a facilitator, like what are, you know, just kind of adding that lens of like what's being tracked, like not just from the sense of, Oh, who's sitting where, but like, where did they sit last time? (laughs) You know, and like what kinds of divides are naturally occurring Two is not really enough to understand a pattern, but it's more than one, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be meeting with them in person every time. So now I'm curious to see what happens there. And I think the other thing, bigger picture that I don't know if you and I were talking about it or from talking to another colleague about it. I think it was my other colleague who was a young black man who I do work with um, and had, you know, very different perspective on things, which was super helpful. But his question was like, well, like who, what are the divisions? Like, what does each person, is this is there a division in the minorities and who's working in the field and who's working in the office, which I thought was mm. very interesting. And there is some correlation. So just also thinking about how our organizations and represent often other systemic things going on where, mm. you know, those who are in the field and more, you know, boots on the ground in this particular kind of work, Maybe sometimes there's a correlation, you know, around race. I don't know, but it it did get me thinking and it's like, what are the ways that's playing out? So it was like that Mm -hmm. larger system, systemic, institutional, you know, what else is, is, is showing up here besides, like you said, just where people happen to sit. It's not just that. Right. 
Yeah. So there's all these like more theoretical questions and they're, they're practical too, in the sense of like, you know, how does this play all the way down to the, the boots on the ground field folks? But in some ways, I think what, what's probably the most relevant here are the questions related to, for you and your experience and what was happening inside of you as this unfolded in your realization of what happened and the, you know, and just the recognition of like, Oh, here I am as a person who has a podcast about this, who thinks about this a lot, has a program about this and wasn't trying and ended up not tracking this and what came up for you. And yeah, what would you, yeah, I'll just leave it there. What? Yeah. Well, it was definitely the, the Holy crap. I mean, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Like that wasn't totally in my consciousness. Uh, the second thing that came up was, um, I mean, that's not what I said, (laughs) so get into that later, but like, we're in my, Uh what was my reaction? So internally it was like, holy crap. Uh, I felt embarrassed about that. Um, probably little tendrils of shame. I think before doing this work that could have been way bigger, like mm-hmm. I'm a bad person and could have taken me out. But at the mm-hmm. moment I just felt embarrassed. Um, I also felt defensive. Like I could feel the part of me that wanted to say, well, it's just the first exercise. I was going to mix you all up, you know? And I'm like, well, don't say that. And kind of a, a hyper focus on how quiet the room got after that was spoken. And so feeling inside myself, sort of the, the, the pressure of like, okay, everybody's looking at you now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in a way that felt more intense than, than when people just ask you a question about like, whatever the, the content is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, like just kind of slowing it down a little bit and maybe it's a, you know, it's been a little while removed little bit more than a week removed. So maybe hard to really pinpoint this, but do you have a sense of how that was showing up in your body? Mm, if I feel into that, well, you know, in the past I've felt up I've, it, how it showed up in my body is like blankness and or confusion and kind of a disassociated floaty feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so blankness and confusion shows up as kind of a dissociation is it like a numb thing, like where you're just kind of disconnected and not feeling? I would, typically? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Like that confusion, con- confusion, fogginess. Yeah, I don't really know much of anything in that state, right? Uh-huh. Like I don't know what yep. I'm thinking. I don't know what I'm feeling. I, you know, I'm kind of frozen. So I felt little tendrils, little tendrils of that. I didn't feel frozen. I felt. Uh, maybe I've, um, <laughs> instead, uh, I felt hypervigilance. Like okay. My body just felt like on alert, like mm-hmm. suddenly like hyper aware of everybody. Like, I feel like my, sometimes the way it shows up in my body is almost like a disassociated, but also like a tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And as I sit here trying to connect, I feel like all of a sudden it got bigger and I could, I was like, I got a fisheye lens, mm, okay. if you will, where I was like all of a sudden trying to watch the whole room at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for slowing that down. Yeah. That's my best recollection. Yeah, know, sure. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it. it's hard to reach back to, to physical sensations from a week ago. I mean, sometimes it's hard to reach back to physical sensations from 
two seconds ago. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, a week is a week is hard. I just I just wanted to bring that in, right? As as a like a cue to the listener to to pay attention there, right? To pay attention in the body and and it's hard to do in the moment, right? But we can do it here, like as we're yeah. talking about this this experience you had that, you know, people can apply to them to their own lives. So Yeah. I mean, I think and just from, you know, how long have we been hanging with holistic resistance and kind of going about anti-racism and anti-oppression work in a more embodied, slowed down, yeah. you know, feeling sort of way. I mean, without that, I don't know. We just would have maybe even not noticed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just gone to reaction. So, you know, the, I could feel in that moment, my reps, you know, the, the practice mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm saying the hard things, being in conversations, you know, talking with Aaron, Borsha, you know, all of the, so our, our mentors who are African heritage folks and just different opportunities I've had to just step more and more into the discomfort. Right. And slow right. down and be like, what's happening. Yeah. So you, yeah, you named, you know, having this experience of like noticing some, some, some guilt and like some tendrils of shame, noticing some defensiveness emerge in you, but like recognizing like that I shouldn't do that. Right. Like when all of that's unfolding inside of you, what do you do with that in that moment in order to make the, make your next move um, and move the, move the thing forward in a way that's acknowledging. I mean, I'm assuming <laughs> acknowledging <laughs> right. what happened and like, yeah, steering the conversation in the direction that doesn't take it away from that, I would imagine, but actually allows for this invitation that was brought forward to come forward for you. Like, yeah, what was, what, Mm. I don't know if that's, if there's a clear question there, but. Well, first I just am really struck by, you know, that it was an invitation um, or or I could choose to, uh, I could choose to proceed it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it felt offered that way too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it didn't feel delivered with a, a lot of load. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's even something I've been thinking about is like, just how I wondered how much time that person spent waiting for the right moment or trying to, you know, put it in the, the right way. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's to say, um, but I think, at least in that moment, I was like, well, none of that just needs to be like, hi, hello, internal experience. Let's put that aside. And just knew not to make it about me, like, not to explain what happened, which would have been defensiveness and centering me or like, oh, no, but here's my intent. So I didn't, you know, I didn't go to any of that. What else did I do with it? I think it was more just like, hello, and we're going to put you aside. And I think the mantra in my mind was like, receive that, you know, from Mm -hmm. our work and sessioning and listening and holding people's stories is like, receive and hold that, Yeah, you know, and don't center yourself. I think that was Mm. the, and don't center the white people. I think that's, I also felt, I think, very attuned to like, and I don't feel like I totally saw them all that well that's like not where my attention was mm. um, okay right so in other words you weren't necessarily fully tracking oh what's going on for them right now Mm-mm. you were more concerned with 
making sure that, that this person who spoke this was heard and that that the that the POC perspective was centered in the experience. Right. And so, you know, receiving it and you know, I said thank you for naming that. I imagine that felt risky. You know, the other the other folks of color chimed in with their observations of that, which didn't feel it 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 felt like okay. I don't I'm struggling for the word there, but like it can it continued to feel like, hey, we're naming a thing. This happens mm-hmm. and we'd like it to not continue. But it didn't feel like a like I'd stepped in a big pile of team doo-doo. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it didn't explode. And maybe yeah. that was by design and that's, you know, how people needed to play that. But yeah. it didn't come delivered with a lot of like tension and charge. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I was actually talking to, we were, I was having a client meeting earlier today and the, my collaborator on this project is a woman of color. And, and we, without getting into the whole story of why this came up, this sort of a thing came up. And one of the things we were talking about in the, in the, this team meeting was the way in which for white bodied folks, there is, we don't necessarily have a lot of practice with de-escalating our nervous system for safety. That's mm-hmm. not entirely true, right? I mean, there's identities like, you know, LGBTQ folks, and I would imagine women in, in, in a lot of contexts and, you know, there's di- different kinds of contexts in which, but when it comes to race, we don't necessarily have the same sort of practice that people of mm-hmm. color do in, in the, in the, in the, the, the need to like kind of regulate a nervous system in order to present something so as to not come across as the angry black man or the angry black woman, or, you know, right. that these kind of tropes that, that exist, these racialized tropes that exist. And so it's, it's, I mean, we'll probably never know in that context, but it is right. kind of an interesting thing to observe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there was one moment where one of the people of color seemed to actually deliberately try to downplay it, you know, um, Mm. where it was like, Oh, I'm spending more time with my, my colleague pointing to his colleague of color. You know, it's just our work makes us work together, but I'm really enjoying getting to know you all, you know, pointing Mm -hmm. to the white folks across the table as we're, you know, engaging on more initiatives. And so I was like, huh. So I know, I noticed that I feel curious about it. Yeah. Um, and the white folks in the room, didn't say much. And so I'm not sure like what role I played in that in terms of not creating an opening there, but it wasn't anything that they like pushed or jumped over. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, since then um, I've been thinking about like, what's my, what's my follow up or where, you know, with them, but that's a separate thing. But like in the moment, I was also aware that like, while this team has been meeting for a while together and they're still kind of new, it was our very first meeting me with them. And so like, I was also aware of like how much relationship, you know, I was very aware of not having a lot of relationships. So in the moment feeling like, how do I acknowledge, make this like, okay, like, thank you. Like, and not have it become, I mean, we could have, probably unpacked that and gone into all sorts of conversations. And so there was a way in which I'm like, well, I don't, 
I don't know if this is the time or place if there's enough relationship and foundation to, to right. do this. Right. And feeling the, feeling the pressure of our consultant life of like, we were contracted to get we're through some here material to, here to do a thing. Yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, there's also something really interesting here, right. Which is, yeah, there's an, like, I especially appreciating you're saying like, yeah, it didn't actually turn to the white bodied folks and say, what do you think? Or like, how would you, con- what, what do you, what's your response to what's going on here? Because in some ways in that moment, it doesn't matter what mm. they're like. It doesn't matter what, um, because the, the, what the white bodied, default might be is probably the organizational default, you know, and whatever that's looking like you're, you're disrupting something, whether it's just particular to that moment probably isn't, especially given the fact that you noticed on two separate occasions, the way that they sat down in the table, you know, like with white bodied folks on one side and people of color on the other side is probably enough to like, to infer something that's, I mean, when we zoom out, onto a larger, you know, to the larger picture of the culture we live in, that sort of, I'll, I'll use the word segregation just for ease, um, is, yeah. is common, right? It's like, it's part of, it's part of what we've all kind of been raised in and culturated in. And so to have somebody say like, Hey, can we disrupt this? You know, essentially like, Hey, I'm noticing that this happened and I want to make sure that it, it, that we're tracking it. I mean, I'm reading into what they said, but Um, in some ways doesn't matter. So in some ways there isn't a need for a follow-up with the white bodied folks other than to track, like, did, is there something that's going to unfold on this team? Because now this was brought into the room. Mm, Like a vaguely retaliatory thing. Or just, just raising the stakes of even an unconscious responses like that are happening in the nervous system, because it's like, there's like a, now we're, now we're talking about race. Why are we talking about race? You know, like that, that sort of thing that can emerge in, in, in spaces where it's like, I thought we were here to talk about this. Now we're talking about race. This, that's a, that's, shouldn't we talk about that at the DEI workshop? And it's like, this is why, this is how DEI is actually part of everything mm-hmm. and how these conversations are not, can't separate them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It, it, that's some of what comes up for me when I hear. Yeah. I mean, I think in a, generic sort of way, not to, not to make anything about what we're talking about generic, but I'm just thinking about in my role as a consultant and a facilitator when I'm at workshops and when I'm working primarily with white body leadership, you know, teams, I would say that's a common energy that I experience, if not the outright expression, like spoken word of what you just said, like we are, mm-hmm. this meeting isn't for that. What I'm feeling curious about going forward and maybe we don't want to talk about this in this podcast now, but for myself, or we'll just, I'll keep using this, this project is, is this team has some capacity and some desire to not have it be off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that they've recognized as important as just a, as we need to be talking about this all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to, especially if we're going to be talking about organizational culture, which this project is, you know, and there's big efforts going on inside the organization too. It's like, how are we, how are we, we need to develop our capacity to talk about it. So I find my, you know, and if this team, part of what we're preparing for is going out to a larger group of, of leaders to have conversations. So it's going to come up and I feel them wanting to build their capacity to, 
to engage with it. And so I'm just, you know, it's like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to do that? Yeah. It makes me wonder about like, who can you partner with? You know, mm. that, I mean, it's like with a group of four and three, and that's also really interesting, right? The dynamics of that kind of balance, right? Is mm. like well, we were missing one, one person oh, and, okay. that would, and that person is another white um, identi- not identified white passing person. So it's white, four, white four pers- passing person. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. four, four. And then like, you know, yeah. So you, I mean, you know, the, I find myself thinking about like, who can be, who can you partner with that can support a, you know, caucusing if that, if that's supportive of helping them actually navigate those kinds of conversations. But I don't know if that's where you're, you know, where you're at right now, but what, so what then comes up for you then when you think about the next, like the next thing and, and carrying this forward in a way that is woven into the next layers of, I mean, I would imagine that you're, you're going to be tracking who's pairing up with whom in a little bit differently, but like, (laughs) but beyond that, right. Just beyond that, like actually keeping, allowing it to be in the room in a way that everyone can handle, not, I shouldn't say it that way. Cause, but like that the room can, can handle without harm being caused. Right. Right. And making it part of the conversation with what comes up for you there? Well, I'm definitely, you know, it's always feeling the squeeze of time, you know, of like having like, there's a part of me that's like, Hmm, how can we adjust the four workshop schedule? So there's some more, there's some more dedicated time for this kind of conversation. Then there's like, well, how do I just weave it in, but make sure things are spacious enough to, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to be with what responds. You know, I find myself thinking about, is there a way I have one-to-one interviews coming up with the team members? And so I find myself thinking about, you know, what, what are some questions I might ask to understand more about the dynamics on the team itself? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, get some thoughts on, you know, what would be a tiny bite, right? So if someone has mentioned, Hey, I hope we deepen trust. I, the story I make up and, you know, it would be nice to somehow get some more data on is like, and I imagine this conversation is related that there's, some race aspects there. Like how do I learn about that and then maybe learn where and help them identify, help them talk about this. Um, and like, what's the, what's the first, maybe not the first, but what's a tiny bite, you know? I mean, I just Mm -hmm. think of, you know, Aaron from holistic resistance and, you know, talking about like baby, baby questions. (laughs) Sometimes we ask really big, will you marry me questions that are like, whoa, I was so not ready for that question. So it's kind of like that. Like what's the, what's the, the baby work. And we don't just jump into the, will you marry me work, you know, as we move along and, you know, I have a, a year long contract with them. So it seems to me with some thoughtfulness and agreement together and some small bites <laughs> that we, we have some, we have some opportunity to yeah. make a make a little shift here. I mean, I'd be even curious mm-hmm. to say, like, how would you all talk about it? So it's back to, you know, how do I weave this in? Yeah, those are all very tactical things. Now I find myself thinking about sort of the my inner my inner work. Like, what am I sitting with coming away from that? And I don't have a. I continue to just be curious of like how could I not have tracked that? I remember sitting there mm-hmm. as they were doing their reflection questions, thinking about how to break, you know, was it two and two? Was it turn to the person next to you or should I get up, get them up and moving? But there was not a racial component to my, mm-hmm. my 
figuring. So I, I guess I just sit with like what, I don't know if you have a question or. Uh, what I, what I'd say is, uh, is like an observation and a hunch, right? Like the hunch mm-hmm. is, is that we are fighting through some serious conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like this work is an active work, right? It's a, it is a, it is not something that is a practice it and forget it and go do it. Like maybe some other things are right. Like, you know, something like some of the processes we use or, you know, liberating structures or whatever, like you go and you do them again and again and again, and then you don't need to have it written down anymore, right? You can walk into a room right. and just do the thing and it's kind of, it becomes a rote sort of thing, even though, you know, but I think that that part of what it, what this points to, I was talking, you know, with a guy this morning, a, a, a friend, acquaintance about, because, you know, I do the men's work stuff. And we were talking about how, like, as as men who are in this work and who are, like, working to build men's groups and um, help men create new relationships or create, create deep, meaningful friendships, we struggle with that. Like, I'm, I oftentimes find myself sitting by myself at my desk, banging my head against the wall, figuring out how to solve this problem. And I'm like, I can't do it by myself. I, that's my whole message around men's work. Right, right. And it's the same sort of a thing. It's like... We we're fighting through such, you know, such thick conditioning. I think in, in a lot of ways, what this, what this story and this experience that you're bringing us vulnerably and, you know, I mean, I'm super grateful for your willingness to, to share this can't be comfortable, you know, um, uh, what it highlights, if anything, is just how much work this is and just how, like th- why this is a lifelong work. Because we are really, we are really trying to reprogram something that is that is so deep that even somebody who thinks about this all the time is getting paid to think about it and and, and is doing doing you know putting themselves out there around it misses the mark. You know it happens, and I don't think that there's any anybody who's going to pretend otherwise. You know, immediately is a red flag for me. It's like. I'm not sure that that that's really even possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that, Greg. It, um, I mean, kind of what I hear in that is there's all the wondering and hypothesizing and the option A, option B, option C thing I can do, um, which has its place. But at the end, there's just no substitute for, well, you just got to get out there and do it, which we hear all the time, right? And do the things mm-hmm. and and continue to bring as much awareness as I can. And then when, you know, I miss it, just be like, whoops, missed it and continue to generate some, some relationship in ways that the conversation can continue and the relationship can deepen and the, the repair can be made and the, the trust mm-hmm. can be maintained and repaired and maintained and repaired. Um, right. So, you know, for that, I feel grateful to have a team and support to just get out there and keep doing it in a place, you know, to come back to you and, and other support to be like, huh, this happened. Right. And you know, that the, the, that, that whole practice of developing capacity around shame, right. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 this is what it like. You, it, you actually put that in the practice in this experience, right. You name it. It's like the shame, the tendrils come in. Oh, there's the shame. This isn't the, the I mean, I would say that the, the tendrils of shame are what's behind the defensiveness. Right. So the part of you that's right. like, Oh, I want to explain myself now. That's that gets triggered by the shame, but you were able to recognize like, okay, this is not the place to do that. Maybe mm-hmm. there's truth in it. And I could, but I'll talk up to Greg about that later. 
right now what has to happen is I need to receive this. I need to let, let their, you know, their point of view in, I need to course correct based on that. I need to not deflect. I need to let the conversation land. I need to not take care of these people over here who may very well be completely uncomfortable. I have no idea. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm going to take care of what's happening here. All of that can't be done without a conscious, intentional practice around building capacity. Yeah. I mean, I think back to even a experience we had in our retreat last year. So that was October of 2022, you know, and feeling a little more grounded in my nervous system this time. It didn't feel like quite as much to hold because Mm -hmm. there was a lot of reaction in the room in October, but it does feel like there's more capacity though. I do find myself, there's a new layer like where I am thinking and talking and trying to do this work and putting myself out there, you know, where there's like a, uh, the shame has morphed into a, you should know better, you know, versus before I could be (laughs) like, I know nothing, you know, (laughs) and like as the, as my learning and practice and reps have increased there. I could feel like a new sort of crawl under the table shame. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do feel like I have the capacity to be like, oh yeah, feel all that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Want to yeah. die right now. Yeah. It's not, it's but, not going to show up perfectly. It's never probably going to no. show up perfectly, but I, I think I just, I named that mostly because I, I think it's such a core part mm-hmm. of what I think we're doing here and, and supporting people in. And, and it feels very much like part of the, I don't know if antidote's the right word, but you know, when it comes to dealing with white fragility and when it comes to dealing with the kind of reactivity that, that happens in rooms, I think so much of that has to do with, with this piece, you know? And, yeah. and so, yeah, you can just appreciate like, okay, well, look, there's a, there it is in action, you know? Yep. And it doesn't go away. I think maybe that's some of it too. It's like, even with, you can say, I can say my capacity feels bigger, but I still feel all the things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I don't feel shame now or I don't feel embarrassed uh-huh. now or I don't right. still go blank. I mean, it's still, right. right. it's just all, it's all there. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, one could make the argument, I think, that the idea that we should like remove shame as a mm-hmm. thing we would experience is a, an idea rooted in the white supremacist thinking, right. you know, of like you can get rid of this as mm. opposed to integrating it and metabolizing it and, and being with it, you know, and um, recognizing it's a regular normal human emotion. But right. if you don't have capacity around it, it could take you out and it could fuck shit up in, yeah. and in, harm. in a room. Well, that's Seriously, what I mean. harm like, if it could, not kill people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like you, there was a moment there where like a different reaction would have probably completely annihilated any trust you'd already built with the team. And now you would just be dealing with a group, you know, a couple people in the room or or, or half the room who was just going to show up because they had to and slog through whatever work you're doing together. But like that, that's, that was an out, that was a potential in that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just a great example of, of, um, the way capacity building really can support this work. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, you know, keep processing it. I would, I, I think the other thing I was struck by is I've had things happen in the past where my processing of it, like was consuming, you know, because mm. there was so much shame present, you know, I'd wake up at night doing that. Oh, what I should have done. And I don't yeah. feel that, you know, mm. I, I don't mm. feel consumed by, I guess the shame. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do, I do continue to think about it just as a, huh, mm. cause there are new layers that keep revealing themselves. Sure. Thank you for that, this experience and yeah, help, happy to, <laughs> happy to share their stories from the field. I'm, I'm just, I appreciate your willingness. I mean, it's, you know, it is vulnerable to name and to come in and say like, yep, I did a thing. <laughs> Here's how yeah. what, you know, I stepped in it, um, you know, un- unwittingly. Um, but that's how it happens a lot of the time. And so thanks for normalizing talking about that and mm-hmm. yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, since we're wrapping here, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say a few words? Because by the time this posts, our workshops will be kind of behind us. Um, yep. Our free workshops will be behind us. But people have an opportunity to come to and check out our program um, in September. Do you want to say a few words about the program and what the program might help do with relationship to capacity? Sure thing. So our program is Disrupting Our Practice, Understanding Whiteness for folks like yourselves who are listening to this podcast uh, and start September 11th, nine Mondays, three to 5 PM Pacific time. Um, I always like those details, even when I'm listening to the podcast, because I start going through my mental calendar. Uh, But I feel like relative to capacity building, I mean, it's, it's getting the reps in as Resma Menicum and Angel Kyoto Williams say, it's just the the practice of saying things out loud and then feeling the things that come up when you say things out loud, like whatever it is about race, or you get asked questions that you've never ever thought of that bring brings thing up. Any, anything from like, I've never thought about that, or I have no idea, or I hate that question. (laughs) 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 Uh, So I think just building that capacity, we've also designed the program as much as we can to be a disruption um, of the practice of doing workshops and the practice of learning. And so we, we expect people to be uncomfortable and sort of like, Whoa. Um, So that's another way to build capacity to, to experience other ways of being. And what does that bring up for you? Yes. Yeah. So lots of practice I'd say, I mean, we'll cover topics and we'll talk tactics um, but as I think I would say, I just keep learning that the tactics are like the very, very, very last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the mm-hmm. shame metabolization, metabolization and the, the learning and educating myself um, mm-hmm. and being in community around it is like all the other stuff that then lets me have any hope of like, oh, I might have some idea of what to do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And just to name, like we are going to be joined by Aaron Mm -hmm. Johnson and Jenny Pearl of Holistic Resistance. We are, we are hopeful that Dylan Wilder Quinn, um, who is also the Holistic Resistance may be able to join, but I think they have some conflicts, unfortunately. Um, And then also Adam Slade, who is a a friend from Chicago, who you could hear, I think on episode five, Adam, Aaron and Jenny Rall have also been on the podcast. I'll put those links in the show notes. And those are people who are for sure, going to bring in disruptive, um, challenging questions. They may be baby questions. They may be unfair questions. Maybe even a will you marry me question. We don't know um, yeah. what's going what's to come. Those are categories, by the way, that Aaron Johnson has for questions. Yeah, so information is in the show notes, or you can just go to the ConnectionWorks website, connectionworks.com, and uh, you can get more information registered there. We are getting 
um, a fair amount of interest in this program. So we think if you're interested in it, um, registering early is going to be a good idea because we're running the hopefulness of being able to fill this thing. So we're, there's only 10 spots for this program. Yeah. yeah. Small group. Yeah. And then otherwise, we're always up for your comments and questions and critiques. You can email Shannon at Shannon at ConnectionWorks.com. You can reach me at Greg at GregoryBFlynn.com. And you can leave reviews in the um, podcast app of your choosing uh, for the podcast. We always appreciate that sort of thing. Yeah, that helps a lot. And if you have anonymous feedback, um, if it feels edgy in the show notes is a link to yes. uh, a form to be able to share something that yeah. way. Yeah. So let us know and thank you for listening and we hope to see you in the program. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks a ton, Shannon. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Same. Thanks, Greg. Bye. Bye. Bye.